Hello, how are you doing? I'm Craig Parkinson. You are listening to the Two Shot Podcast. Sit yourself down, pop the kettle on. We're going to have a nice old chat. Who's it with this week? I'm going to tell you right now. Again, how are you? Good week. Thanks so much for downloading us, subscribing. Uh, this is the Two Shot Podcast. It's Thursday. It's episode 19, where myself and producer Griff went down the road to that, the London, to have a brew with Thomas Coombs. Uh, it was one of those episodes again. We didn't know each other, we hadn't met. Um, but I thought he might be interesting and you know what? It turns out I was right. I'm not normally right, but I was on this occasion. He's a lovely guy. If you want to check out what he's done, just go onto the IMDB page, whack in Thomas Coombs. You can see what he's done. He's got, uh, what is it? The Hatton Garden drama out on ITV, uh, a drama written by my friend Lenny James coming onto Sky, I think in the new year. But of course, this being the Two Shot Podcast, we don't talk about any of that. But we do get down to some really interesting stuff, and I'm thrilled that you came on. So big up, Thomas Coombs. Thank you. And also, while I'm saying thank you, I have to say thank you to our lovely friends at Maison Berteau, the gorgeous patisserie in Soho. If you're passing, pop in there for a cup of tea and a lovely posh cake. Uh, we sometimes get messed around with places where we need to record and if we can't record in you know like we have done in the past people's homes or their dressing rooms then my friend Tanya Wade says it's all right pop down into the cellar and you can do it there into the cellar it sounds horrible it's actually not it's really lovely now what else have I got to tell you ah I've got good news and I've got some bad news what do you want first okay I'll give you the bad first I don't know if you remember, a few weeks ago, I was telling you, and I was all very excited about the fact that I was lining up quite a big Christmas special. It's my own fault. I shouldn't have announced it before we'd recorded it. The thing is, the stars are just not aligning for everybody because there's just more than one guest. So what we're going to do, the good news is we are going to do it, but we're going to do it as a New Year special, we're going to do it in January. We'll kick off 2018 in a in a big way. So don't worry, fret not. But, you know, I mean, it's hard enough arranging these things when it's just one person. But when you've got six people to s- sort the dates out with, uh, things can get a bit tricky, as I'm finding. Enough of this waffle. I shall see you at the end. This is episode 19 with the very wonderful Thomas Coombs. Enjoy. Hiya, producer Griff here. Just before you have a listen to this episode of the podcast, I'm just going to do a little bit of housekeeping. I think Craig mentioned it on a previous episode and he's certainly been putting the word out on Twitter, but we are going to do a best of the two shot podcast at the end of the year, late December or something like that. But rather than curating it ourselves, We'd like to involve you lot 
and your best bits and the bits that have been useful to you or your funniest bits or the bits that have moved you most uh, from the first 20-odd episodes. We've had a bunch of suggestions in already, so thanks a lot for them. In the interest of streamlining the process, and so I don't have to troll through hours and hours and hours of audio that I've already listened to a bunch of times, uh, here's what I'd like you to do, please. Tweet us, messages on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or send us an email, twoshotpod at gmail.com with your suggestions of your favourite bits. Send us your name, we'll give you a shout out on the show. Um, But most importantly, include the name of the episode and even more importantly, the time in the episode where your favourite bit occurs. Um, Just makes it a little bit easier for me. Anyway, thanks a lot. Sorry for the interruption. Um, on with the show. It's just for the uh, it's for the bonus content, really. Yeah, for the people who back us, you being one of them, you'll get all the bonus content. Queer, queer dog. Look, every little helps. Um, someone said the other day, "Oh, finally, I've I've got my my wages through, and I've made." Uh, a little contribution. I'm sorry, it's not much. And I said, it's every little helps. You're right. You know if everyone I mean? did it, if every bastard who listened to didn't, <laughs> did it, gave you something, then it add up, wouldn't it? Well, let's make sure we don't start the podcast by, <laughs> by pleading with people to bung us a quid. I do that enough. I bore people enough in the intros about money. Um, Tom, how are you doing, man? Is that brew all right? It is lovely. Really Fantastic. nice. Fantastic. That's Thank what you. we want. A nice brew to start off this chat. I didn't know. Is it actually recording now then? Ah, you see. It is. There we go. We start the scenes. <laughs> Skills of the podcast. Seamless. I didn't even know. But we yeah. just do it. Should we have a slurp? Oh, yeah. It's too hot. Somebody told me off the other day. Not told me off, but went, oh, why are you doing that? Because when I have a, a cup of tea, when the kettle's boiled, and it's this is so dead <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, but I always put a little drop of cold water in the top. In the, the top of the tea? In the top of the tea, just to cool it down a bit. I don't like it too hot. Uh, and then I went to a Scandinavian cafe... As you do, yeah, and they automatically popped a little bit of cold without in, even asking in my brew, without even asking. So I'm wondering if that's that's a Scandy thing, a Scandy or are you thing? Scandy? Yeah, I'm dude. definitely not. No, <laughs> I'll have to. I haven't done. Who do they think you are? But <laughs> I don't think uh, there's any Blackpool slash Scandy in me. To be honest, is it Blackpool you're from? Right? Yeah, do you know? I'm from no, Blackpool. no. Where Where are you from? I'm from Essex. Whereabouts? Um, I am from South End, uh, Leon C, <clears throat> in particular Leon C, um, but it's part of South End, basically. Um, Chashi, I heard Tamsin. She called it deepest, darkest Essex or something. She was like, I'm not from deepest, darkest Essex, which is, yeah, where I'm from. Those are the... Uh, We've yeah. had a few uh, lovely people from Essex. Oh, right. Where, where forgive my Again, I'm knowledge. Pr- I'm pretty crack. Essex is big. And people go, oh, I'm from Essex. And I'll go, oh, yeah. And they'll tell me. And I'll go, I don't know where that is. Because <laughs> it's huge. And there's like the really green bits. And then there's the more near London. I'm sure... His is actually a bit more near London as well. Yeah, than, I think it is. I think it's um, at the end of, possibly the end of the central line. Forgive me if I'm wrong, right, listeners. which I count as London-based. It's not even Essex. <laughs> that's not even... But, um, but that's, uh, yeah, South Ed, yeah, it's, uh, you probably know, it's on the estuary, the... Um, so it's on the sea, basically. Ish, I do, ish. Ish, yeah. yeah. So that's that's where I grew up and, and still am, yeah. Oh, you still live there now? Still there now, yeah. Um, and it's only like 45, 50-minute commute into... 
Fenchurch Street, and I'm, yeah, I'm just used to that. There's, there's a, yeah, do you know Ricky Champ? He lives out that way as well. He was, I did him and her with him. He's, um, I do. He played the brother, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, and it, the guy that got married. Uh, yes, the yeah, guy yeah, in the yeah, last yeah. series. Oh, brilliant, brilliant, yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah, 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 I didn't even know. Yeah, we've got lots of mutual friends. We've been living there the whole time. Oh, well, you live town. together? No, 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 oh. <laughs> no. Uh, it's he, a flat share, no. No, 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 no. Uh, Are you we, still at home? Uh, yeah, at the moment. Yeah, I'm between there and I'm between my brother's flat in Bermondsey, where I'm slowly emigrating because he's not there so much anymore. And I kind of need to make the move to London, oh, sort sneak, of, but sneak maybe. into Bermondsey, nick it off him. That's what I'm doing. He's <laughs> been very kind. He's much. He's got a much better job than me, and he's like, you know, so he's, that's what I'm kind of doing. But so Ricky, do, is, I wasn't actually, no, he, I, we we knew the same people growing up, but we yeah. didn't know, I didn't know I we did until we did him and her together. Um, and then we're like, fuck, you know that person, you know that person, and we grew up in the same town, and now we hang out loads, but yeah, didn't know, it's crazy that didn't know. It's a very small, small world, small business. Yeah, and South Ends are very small, so I can't believe we didn't meet each other growing up. But um, and you just yeah. spoke about your brother. Then what did your brother do? Oh God, this is really bad. I don't actually. He, he's much cleverer than me. He's, he, someone to, he was in environmental sustainability. He's very, very good with um, <laughs> the environment. But he works, and sustainability. Yeah, he's sustainability. good at that. Shit. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> But he works in Sadiq Khan's office at the moment doing about sustainable housing and making that, like, um, trying to make it affordable, trying to trying to um, literally, yeah, make, make London a more, a more environmentally friendly place, housing-wise. Right. Make it more sustainable and whatnot. Uh, see, I really sound like I know what I'm talking about. And I, cause I no, don't. but even you saying that sounds like, wow, someone's trying to make a change. Yeah, he's, good he's always done. That's what he went to study it. And so it's always been him who you wouldn't get to act or be on a, anything that I do in a million years. Right. He's very clever and not introverted, but yeah, he wouldn't do what I do, paid him. Like, um, I couldn't do what he does. Was it just you and your brother growing up? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, just very different. Look a lot alike. Like he goes, if I did an ad, I had a bit of a dodgy advert, he go, oh no, because he thought you're going to get recognised for it. A bit of a similar look. So he always <laughs> go, try not to do any cheesy, like... <laughs> adverts or something. <laughs> no, I'm going to get grief for it and uh so yeah but good relationship you two yeah yeah no we've always we fought a lot uh as brothers, brothers. youngers but no we, we yeah he's he's brilliant he's really looked after us and and helped us a lot because I'm not living exclusively in in, in London like yeah have my my place when you need to he's not there so much but when he was yeah have my bed I'll, I'll stay around my girlfriends you know when I'm filming when you did an early pickup or whatever. Yeah. He was just like, yeah, stay there. Just, yeah, so generous. And yeah, I think I might have been a bit screwed without him because a lot of things you have to have a London base for filming. You do and, now. And yeah. I have to black it a lot and go, yeah, yeah, I'm London based. And then go, Ben, like my brother, can I, uh, can I stay here, here and here and here? And then he goes, yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. It's never a problem. So he's. Am I right in thinking good. he's older than you? Yes, he's three years older than me. Right. Yeah. yeah. And. Your parents, what did they do for a living? Or what do they do for a living? They did. My mum is still, um, she is a legal secretary. Um, and she, yeah, she always has been in Essex. Um, and my dad was a service engineer for a double glazing company. Um, and yeah, retired about four or five years ago, but he's still doing odds and sods. And he's, he's like a cross between Del Boy, Fred Flintstone and... and uh, and and like 
Homer Simpson, basically. <laughs> yeah. He's a funny guy. Yeah, he always reckons I, I get, I'm doing this because of him. But, but <laughs> He's taking the credit. Yeah, it's like you get your, you know, your... your <laughs> that means he's proud of you. That's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, they both are. I am... Um... Really lovely. I'm so, I have to apologise about the noise. <laughs> We're recording today uh, in the heart of Soho. Uh, my very lovely friend, uh, Tanya Wade of Maison Bateau, <laughs> Uh, coffee and cake shop pop in if you fancy a lovely French patisserie. And the teas uh, are lovely. Some space. The teas are good, yeah. uh, but they are um, doing some roadworks across the road, so I have to apologise <laughs> for that. That is no bother. And um, South End, what was because we were, what was that like growing up there? Yeah, it was. It was. Um, it was good. I loved it, and hence why I'm still. Let's say it's more Lee where I'm. Lee's a bit more quaint. A bit more there's like cockle sheds and um and then literally five ten minute drive up the road just south end and that's with the more of the arcades amusements the longest pleasure pier in europe fact I, I, i'm very well yeah. being being from uh, a coastal town myself yeah you're you aware know, of that i'm aware of that it's... but does it have that uh seaside mentality because i've got a bit of a thing about it because i grew up where i grew up and i'm very very proud do you mean a bit closed a bit more like... well you know in the off season I find the off-season... A bit depressing. <laughs> well, it's a bit, it all gets a bit dark. Yeah. It, in every aspect. Yeah. I find um, that with Brighton as well. And, and I love both places. So you don't like to go there? In... No, I do. I go back and support wherever I can. And my parents are still in Blackpool now. So obviously I go back and I've got oh, a, a, a child. So we go back and oh, see the grandparents. Right. But I don't know. There's something about growing up in a seaside town... It feels, I suppose, it fills me with a bit of fear sometimes. Fear, fear yeah. Fear. Um, or maybe that's just my, my upbringing, <laughs> which we won't go into it in my podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, it was. I I did really enjoy um, growing up there and like being on the sea, and I do miss it. If I'm been in London, which I am a lot now for for bits and pieces, work and whatnot, and staying at my brothers, I miss it. And I go back, I get off the train, and the sea air hit. I'm like. <gasps> um, yeah, and lots of friends are still there. And, um, but yeah, I, I did grow up. I, there's loads of clubs, and I didn't enjoy the club scene. It's very much South End. There was like, which was Talk of the South, which is now Talk. And there's lots of like, we like, had a rainy we, we had a Talk of the Coast in Blackpool. Oh, really? Which was, uh, <laughs> talk of the coast, talk of the, I didn't realize <laughs> it's a chain. <laughs> I don't think it is. Oh, talk of the but south. this was Talk of the Coast, and it was Talk of the Coast. So that's Talk. No, talk of the coast. Talk of the coast. Talk of the coast. But you couldn't abbreviate it. Because ours was talk of the south, so it was called Tots. You're going Tots, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Because this this wasn't a club club. This was like a cabaret club that was sort of etched onto the side of a hotel where we were to have sort of big cabaret. Oh, it's nothing like what I'm talking about. Oh, you're talking about a hardcore... Yeah, dirty, like, smoke-filled, like... Sticky carpets. uh, Sticky carpets. There's loads of them around Southend, and that was never really my, my bag, um... Yeah, but we had to... I pretended to like it growing up. Um, peer pressure. And, uh, yeah, peer <laughs> pressure. And, and yeah, but, uh, yeah. I, it was, I'd say I made some brilliant friends growing up at school and whatnot. Uh, it was definitely as, as it's like an unhelpful sort of lad culture, which I guess a lot of people have growing up. Uh, still exists probably a lot in schools for boys and that kind of... Um, and still, still, still a lot of my mates, to be fair, are still... Yeah, from that, if I, you know, I, I, I find myself adopting almost a different mentality 
back home with back home friends. Yeah. Then maybe um, amongst friends I made in, in in my career and at drama school and whatnot. Well, it is funny is- when you move to a different environment. You, it's like I know when my wife goes because she's from Northern Ireland, and when she goes back home, and I don't see her for a couple of days, and she comes back to our house. Mm. She's got this very, very strong Northern Irish accent. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's like, I suppose it's like when I go back up north, or if me and Griff are around, we're going up north, we're going wherever podcasting. If I'm back in Manchester or the northwest, you get I sticker. do sort of adopt a much yeah. more of a stronger accent or, yeah. or a stronger mentality, a different mentality, I suppose. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you definitely do. Yeah, and you can understand Susan then when she comes back. She's it's so thick. <laughs> I, I just can't understand her at all. <laughs> uh, so um, what was school life like growing up there in Lee? Um, yeah. Happy times? Generally, yeah, on the whole. Yeah, and there was good drama lessons, which I loved. What, um, even like, in, in primary school? Um, of course, you've got well, your nativities. And, yeah. Nativities, and I remember I played the fairy godmother in... Def- in, <laughs> in um, yeah, in the Isle of Wight. I think we had a school trip and we performed out there. That was it. That was a that was a junior school. Yeah, so they were always quite. Yeah, I did quite a bit of drama there, and I was into it from fairly young. Um, school was school was. Do, fine, do you think you know? that came from you, or is it something that came from your mum and dad? Was your parents ever artistic in any way in that respect? No, they're no, they're not. Uh, they're not artistic. Are they outgoing? They're, they are outgoing, and my dad in particular. They're both outgoing, to be fair, but my dad is just... You can't walk down the street without someone shouting, Ed! Like that, and everyone seems to know him. He Popular talks, guy. Yeah, he just talks to everyone, whether they like it or not. Like, kind of like, so... But lovely, I think that's yeah. lovely, though. I think don't think people do enough of that, to be honest. Yeah, he will. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's great. Pain in the ass, some ways, but love... I wouldn't change him. Like, just the most... Yeah, so people say I, I'm more like him, and my brother's a lot more like my mum bit more introverted a bit more clever <laughs> uh, and um yeah so but no they weren't in the art the only other art person in it, my, my my uncle is an actor in australia um and he has been for years um since he moved from essex the only other person in my family that's in the industry yeah um so i didn't i just got it from um I don't know. I, I, Do you think it's always been there, really? Possibly. I was always a bit of a show off as a kid. I hope to think I'm not so much now. Um, in a way, in a way, we all are. In a way, we all are. <laughs> there's definite videos of me. Mum reckons I'm like the donkey in Shrek. Like, pick me, pick me. Like, there's videos of it. There's blade, videos. We'll, we'll speak to your mum. We'll get oh, some of those for the for the God. for the two shot pod family. <laughs> the, the, the backers. We'll put some of that on. Oh God, there's plenty to come back to haunt me. Um, but. Yeah, like I, I, yeah. So, my friend went to a little drama school. One, one, one woman, Maureen Mitchell. She was like my first drama teacher. We were six. Um, we went to that was my first. We did like drama festivals through her. Did mime class, mime um, solo acting, duologues. Um, so yeah, that was my first real experience of it. But I, I, I was just a, going along. This was outside of school. That was outside. That was a little drama school. This lady ran. And in she, Lee, in Lee, yeah, um, or in Westcliff to be specific, which is basically Southend again. Um, and she, she was lovely. Yeah, she, she was like in her sixties when we went there, and she'd been to Lambda. She was a proper trained actress. She was brilliant, and we did speech and drama and lots about how to, um, yeah, how to use your voice properly. 
Um, but I, the first, I just bundled along halfway through when they were about to put on a play for this festival and they were doing Charlie Brown. And my mate was like, yeah, yeah, yeah just, just come along. It'll be all right. And I, I say I'd never done any acting really before then. And yeah, they bunged me in as kid with a skateboard comes on and skates across the stage. I don't even know if there's any skateboarders in Charlie Brown, but I was obsessed with the skateboards at the time. So they fitted me in. And that was just from then. And my best mate, Neil, who's still my best mate, who got me into that. He, he sort of, we did drama together at school and GCSEs. And I always thought he'd do it as well, but then he just fell by the wayside and he didn't carry it on. But he's the one that definitely sort of said, come along to this cast, let's do it. Like He kind so, of opened the door, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, that was, I'd say, my first experience. in And secondary school, was, was drama on the syllabus then? Um, yeah, it was. And where did you go? I went to Dean's um, in Thundersley, which is in Essex, but... Um, yeah, How there was. was a, yeah, it was, it was fine again. Yeah, they were, um, there was lots I did, didn't like about school. Was in I, I'm not very good at numbers and so maths and whatnot. I struggled with massively, um, uh, but drama was a real outlet, and they were really good drama evenings and and plays putting on Bugsy Malone. We did, and um, so yeah, it was a real outlet for me, and I found that I was kind of fairly decent at it and uh and and yeah I remember us doing a we were the first this is in year nine I think so like halfway through it we did we were the first boys to do a dance evening at the school um because it was it had always been girls no boys would be in the the dance evenings yeah once every month or two and what year are we now because I know you're quite a bit younger than me so we just need to that was in oh flipping heck um what how old are you now i'm 35 oh 35 yeah yeah god you I, I, you look a lot younger <laughs> i play a bit younger yeah which is fantastic yeah, very, very flattering cheers mate um but i mean fine. it <laughs> very kind but i can't remember i can't do the maths i'm this is numbers again no, no, i can't go right. back to when that so that when you're that 35 that's all right people at home can do that no, that's, right, that's work fine. that out i'll give them a bit of a pause to work that out um so but yeah, yeah, we did a, we did, we did relight my fire. Take that, we did a, the whole routine. My mate was Lulu. It was all boys, um, and it was a mixture of us, like some more popular boys who are my mates. It's me, who you know wasn't very popular, and like so we all put it on, and it went down like you no know, in, in in history. We like to think <laughs> house on fire, and <laughs> the house on fire. Relight my fire, and and yeah, and people were like, we did it at the assembly, and we thought we we're going to get either really bullied for this or this is going to work. Yeah, you know, Mike was in a wig, ginger wig, playing Lulu, and like. Uh, but how incredible, you know, at that age at school, midway through secondary school, that you put your balls online and do that. Now, do you know what? I don't care yeah. if we do. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, we cared a bit. We were a bit worried, but but, but, I know, we but did. you did it. We did it. And yeah. What was the outcome? Well, people gave us because they were. I think even people that might have just turned their nose off, noses off at it might have um, because of just the. Uh, sort of <laughs> this is much bigger in my head but there was like you know there was a there was a good response it was like my only still my only equivalent of being like a, a performing a, like a being take that because girls were screaming and you know not necessarily me but there was boys yeah there was the fitter boys that they were, you know, got, they were baby oiled up oh my god so they were like <laughs> oh it was proper full on it was full on we were in tight white vests like you know so they were going for it and they were loving it. So we got credibility from people maybe that wouldn't have even given us, that would have been like, oh, yeah, what are you doing? That's rubbish. It's a girl's thing or whatever. Like, you know, they, 
So it went down all right. And we, <laughs> yeah, it was a risk. It paid off a gamble. <laughs> and I hope many, many other boys are doing dance evenings there now and ever since. <laughs> you paved the way. I paved the way for one thing. That's always yeah. a risk. Everything's always a risk. It's yeah. when you sort of step through the door, I suppose. Yeah. But, yeah. No, and academically... Fine. Great, not so great. You said you you were brilliant with sort of no, numbers. Not not numbers. No, I was all right at English, and then I did English for A levels, uh, college, and whatnot. Um, yeah, I think I got like they were my only A's. I got an A in drama, English, and that's it. <laughs> and then there was like maybe a C, D, E for maths. Um, was the numbers thing? Uh, was that anything sort of just sort of it, it didn't compute with you or was there something bigger than that no i just thought i just i don't know if you can be dyslexic with numbers i've heard that since or recently that you can but, but i don't know if i was that or just really bad it's funny enough you say that my wife does say that that she is dyslexic with numbers oh. I, I, I don't know if i again i don't know if that's a, a, a medical thing but yeah, yeah. i'm yeah I've, I've just never really my dad's the same my do, do you read great. music at all don't know because no. I remember when I when I was at drama school and I was being taught how to um, read music and I found that I was looking at some sort of mass equation I just couldn't compute it just didn't oh. sort of click with me no well I was never good at that either I remember yeah uh, like songs wise at drama school and whatnot yeah never being good at okay there's that compute those notes into... Yeah, because I suppose it is like that. Maybe. Maybe there's... So certainly for some people. Yeah. Maybe there's a bit of a link to that. Yeah, I was never good at that. I was not... <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'd have to try and, like, hear the tune and try and... Copy it. Yeah, which I couldn't do either, so I was I was screwed either way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically. So you did all right when you graduated. I'm just going to pour a little cup of tea if that's yeah, upsetting anybody. I'm, I'm going to top mine up as well. Um, okay, so you graduated... And you've got an A in drama. What was uh, your, GCSEs, what, oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, but then in A-levels, I got like, oh, I can't even remember what they're bloody... Did you stay at school for your A-levels? Or did you move on to a college? I went to a college not far, yeah, and literally around the corner. Um, did A-levels. Um, in? I did performing arts, theatre studies, English literature, and general studies, which you had to uh, do. The which, old general which, studies. <laughs> which I failed. I didn't even get an E in. I was... I did try, I think. Oh, um, it's so general. It's just general. There's nothing to aim for. Like It's like, uh, what do you call it? General knowledge. Be specific. Like a quiz. I want specific yeah. studies. <laughs> specific <laughs> studies. <laughs> yeah. So. And when was the real, like, did, when was the light bulb moment? Was the realisation that you went, yeah, I think this is what I need to put tracks down and start making a move towards? Really weird. I've sort of, from... As far as I sound like Goodfellas, as far back as I can remember, I've always wanted to be an actor. Um, but I have, yeah, ever since I went to that little drama school at six years old outside um, in Essex. Uh, that's all I've wanted to do. I never even had a backup plan. I never even thought, what about this? Or I might want to do that. I've always literally just wanted to do it. Yeah. So going to college, it was in my mind, eventually I want to go to drama school. I want to, um, yeah, so I did theatre the stuff there. I was never really... It's either foolhardy or I mean, some people say don't have a backup plan. That's that's the good thing. Uh, yeah. so if you got like a, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I had lots of side jobs and and I still have things I I do and in between and because we all need to earn money at some point. Yeah, exactly. And I like, um, yeah, but it's all yeah, it's all I wanted to do. I liked 
again, that was part of the, I don't do it really anymore, but teaching drama, working with kids. I, that's the one thing that I thought, okay, if it doesn't work out, if I don't get into drama school, I really like working with kids. I love preferably teaching drama to kids. I loved it. And what did you, where did you do that? Again, just around Essex, like little drama schools, um, like um, before I'd gone to drama school and after drama school, just sort of flexible and... Um, and uh, I did a bit of school cover supervising at senior schools around Essex as well here and there. That was flexible. And you go in, you could be given, that was a bit dangerous. You could cover any lesson. I could be covering maths and I did. I covered maths. And luckily, <laughs> not your strongest no. coin. And you'd be, like, you'd be given the work to dish it out, but invariably kids would go, what, what, can I have some help? And I'd go, oh. Uh, <laughs> i go, tell you what, well, either work out yourself, like that might, you know, you, you learn more within it. Or like, tell you what, you, does anyone got know the answer? To, why don't you work together? And then like, I brought them together. Um, but You're bringing back a lot of my school days. I asked a lot of teachers like that. A lot of cover teachers <laughs> yeah. that were like, yeah, oh my God, I was blagging it. But when I had to teach drama, like invariably I had to cover drama, I was like, <gasps> yeah, it's great. It's just... And it's a shame that, yeah, in schools in general, I'm digressing a bit, that it, it's not becoming, or it's not because it's not a core subject, it's becoming by the wayside because it's, I think, it's so helpful. And I saw it there when I was covering kids in other classes that were in their shells, you know, maybe even a bit put upon, bullied. And in that class, they, they'd shine and they'd feel, they'd feel much happier, basically. Yeah. Just because of this, you know, it's not for everyone, but it's not in terms of, being an actor or whatever, I think it just made, it's just a real loss if it, if it does continue, as I think it is, becoming less and less a thing in schools that kids, in senior schools do. In senior schools, um, I don't know. I mean, my I can only go off where my little boy is at the moment, and he's six, and I know that there's sort of drama on the curriculum there at primary school oh, level, there but there's also extracurricular drama. But, you know, it's taken by a teacher that teaches many things as it is they can't at that age they can't have a specific teacher no, who just comes not. in and they, it's, that's great you know, it's not cost effective but at least they're getting that and they're they're getting some confidence even if it's not something that they want to do yeah i think it's nice that it, it it does bring up because at that age and i know we've spoken about this on the podcast with with many people but they're free they're they comp- there's no rules that they they don't judge themselves. They don't yeah. comment. They Filter. Don't, uh, they, yeah, they don't censor themselves. Yeah. Which is incredible. Which for, is for a child. Which, well, yeah, which we're trying to get back to as actors, isn't it? But, yeah, uh, we're yeah. all going back all the time. But, yeah, exactly. That, I mean, that's great they do it. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping at senior schools they carry on. Or if, yeah, I don't know. I've just heard a lot about this being taken out of the syllabus so much lately. Um, that's such a shame. By this government. Um, but, yeah. I think it's very important. So, yeah, I... Uh, so when did you... Um, when did you start putting down the roots of applying to drama school? Um, so I had, like, a year out after college. What were you doing in that year? Um, I was just trying to earn some money. I was, like, working in a pub in Essex. Just different jobs. Um, just different earn, jobs. Just grafting. yeah. Um, knowing that I was going to apply, yeah, hopefully. So I was just trying to save some money and whatnot. So I knew how expensive it was going to be as well. E- and I was e- like, even to apply? Sorry. To, even to apply to drama school? Yeah, of course, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, no, it was, what, 50 quid a whack or whatever it was. Um, 
to apply to so I was like, oh god how much do I really want to apply to that one and I didn't <laughs> I didn't know and I couldn't really ask anyone what ones were did, did was, you have anybody advising you um no not really I was sort of doing my own research and looking up people and going where did they go and people who, do, I, who do you admire where did they go yeah yeah I think that's that's a great thing that's what I did as well so, yeah I think that was kind of the best sort of looking and um yeah so and and saving money and whatnot um and, and yeah a few knockbacks and then got into one in Guildford um I know I got no I got a call back from Central but I didn't get in there and then so yeah I went to um to Guildford but I couldn't afford as I say like the fees and whatnot I was like oh my god what am I gonna do I'm gonna if I don't get a scholarship I'm screwed because um, there's no grants um well that was the equivalent of Grant, hang on a minute. Scholarship. But not well, no, a scholarship would come from... It was from the government. Oh, from the government. I'm sure it was. Not from the school itself. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, I thought you said you were rubbish with mathematics. Uh, yeah. This is just me- it's like memory stuff. Uh, yeah, just memory in general. <laughs> oh, no, I'm rumbled. Um, yeah. So anyway, the scholarship... You, you Did you apply for the scholarship? Yes, I applied for it. Um... Yeah, after I'd got in, because obviously you had the first auditions to get in. Yeah. And then um, I thought, there's no way. I couldn't. My, my, my parents, bless them, they've been supportive to me so much throughout my career, and they'd do anything to help me, and, and they have done. And God, yeah, gone way out of pocket for me. Um, I know, but there but, is such like, a difference when your parents can be as supportive as they can, that they really want you to do well. But financially, yeah. especially in this day and age, those fees are crazy. Worse now, isn't it? Like, but oh yeah. Well, it goes. Is, I think it goes up all the time. Well, I went in. Yeah, I two thousand and two. Like, I left in two thousand five. So, um, but yeah, I I I needed to to apply for that. But before I I got in, I was writing loads of letters. Um, oh, when I did get in, before I had the scholarship audition, I wrote loads of begging letters basically i got i went in the library in essex and i found which i've just remembered that it must have been the spotlight books it must have been um the big fat spotlight yeah. and oh, for some had, reason they had them in the library they had those in, in south end library wow so i raked through them and found <laughs> just randomly actors i liked i remember writing to david jason rick mail um all sorts of people like and i was just like oh yeah and i'm Got all their agent and wrote. So I've got all the replies because a lot of the replies are not from them, but from the agent. But loads did reply as well. I've got ones from David Jason and all sorts. Yeah. But um, I only got one, literally, I'd say 70 letters I wrote. Um, I got one uh, contribution, which obviously was not going to pay for me for drama school, but still was meant the world. Of course from, it did. Um, I mean, yeah. you're not the first person to say, that when you get in and you can't afford, you you can't just sit on your ass and expect someone to pay. No. You've got to write the letters. You've got to get in touch with those people. Yeah, and I know because they must. Because at some point, all those people may have been in your position. Well, exactly. But now I am an actor. I, I do think, like, you know, there's a part of me that's like, oh, Christ. It's, back then, I was like, oh, they're, they're acting. They must be loads of money. <laughs> They'll be all right. They can send it to me. So I'd let back from whoever going, no, I'm sorry. I Really genuine letters that would come back. I... Oh, okay. Oh, fair enough. But yeah, the one I did get back was from Nigel Hawthorne. Um, he gave me 500 quid. Wow. Uh, and the most lovely letter, which I've kept. Um, and he apologised. 
he was actually on the board of Guildford as well. He said, like, I wish you to, I'm sorry, it's not more. I'm in, I'm in hospital. I haven't been able to work for a while. Um, I'm not very well. And my mum, my mum read it. She's like, oh, send it back, send it back. Oh. Like, so I wrote him a letter saying, oh, please, can I send this back? I won't, ca- I won't cash it. Um, and he wrote me back again. No, 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 I insist. Um, and he died sh- very short, like weeks, months after that. Uh, I never actually got to meet him after I got into Guildford um, from not being very well. Um, yeah, he, he didn't recover. Um, but I've yeah, never forgotten that. It's such a lovely, lovely thing. As I've always yeah, had a soft spot for Nige, to say the least, for that. Um, yeah. Well, in a way, he was one of your first supporters. I think that's, that's a lovely thing. Some random guy writing to you, 500 quid. But how brilliant that you say you wrote sort of 70 plus letters maybe mm. but to get that one thing yeah meant the world of course it wasn't gonna pay for all your fees for three years no but it was more about what it meant oh yeah yeah what it what it meant was just yeah it blew me away and it's still thinking about it i've still got the letter and everything it's just yeah um yeah just amazing of him um but so i've you- kept that mentality like i think even to now that kind of I've never really had, in terms of a career, I've done it wrong. You've always got to have a bit of luck and a bad luck, but I've always kept that <laughs> going to get it, going to not sitting on my laurels. Strong right, work right, ethic. Yeah, writing to people as well. And even, not even just in the job, but yeah, obviously outside the job. And um, Does that yeah. come from your parents, do you think? Strong work ethic. Um, also, it sounds like I your brother so. as well. Yeah, they, they all, they all, work their nuts off yeah their nuts off his nuts off her whatever <laughs> the equivalent of a woman's nuts off <laughs> they, yeah they all work so hard so I guess so I guess that um, yeah um, so you, did you apply for the scholarship what did you have to do to get the scholarship see I'm jumping ahead I don't even know if you did get the scholarship yes did <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be able to get in otherwise and what, and what did you have to do um, was it, a, was it another do, audition I just process did a, yeah a different speech just a different speech to the people that were making this decision. And then, then I'd sit down and chat and just to say, um, uh, why, why do you want it? What would you do if you don't get it? And I, I was, I thought, I was going to lay my cards on the table. I said, look, if I don't get it, I'm not, I'm, that's it, I'm walking away. I'm not going to audition for any other drama schools. I'm not going to come back here to audition. I'm going to try and just go for it. I'm going to try and act because I can't afford, I can't afford to pay. And maybe with that, blackmail kind of worked or whatever, <laughs> well but, obviously yeah. but you obviously felt within you that you needed to get some more tools in your backpack you needed to get some more training under your belt yeah definitely um and guildford as you probably know it's quite it's quite a we've mystery. had a few people from guildford oh, on really? the podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, so I, I learned loads there and it's very musical theater as uh, some may know some may not a lot a lot of dance a lot of people come up there and go straight into sort of west end musicals yeah. and it was never really what I wanted to do, but I was on the acting course, not the musical theatre course. But the acting course was still heavily on ballet every week, jazz, tap. And I was, yeah, group one to five, streaming every term. I, five being bottom, I was always in five. I tried, you know, and I think I would have been even worse had I not gone, and I'm thankful for that. Um, and, yeah, and you learn tools that you can... I always knew, um, maybe I'll use that, maybe I won't, and I tried to soak up what I could. yeah. But all in all, in hindsight, I'm sure that I've learned so much more after I've left, really. Um, but you do. You just, I mean, you know, just, the thing that comes up all the time, 
talking on the podcast is that people never stop learning. No. And you know, and we've, as you know, we've been speaking to people at all stages yeah. of their career and they never stop and they're still no. pulling things out of the backpack they went oh jeez shit I never thought I'd, I'd use that yeah. and then I was on this job and I went I know I've got, I've got a tool yeah. for that that I learned it's horses for courses yeah. yeah so yeah absolutely in that way yeah the things that they chuck lots at you and what some sticks and then some you know yeah you say you might save for another time and um, so yeah I learned a lot but did you enjoy it though? Even though you were learning, did you have a good time? Yeah, or... I, I did. Um, even though I wasn't very good at singing and dancing, um... you can't be good at everything. <laughs> well, I say like it's trip. That's it. We got a speech at the beginning. Triple. We want you to be Olympians. Triple threat Olympians. So oh. I'm just about. I'm just about one threat. Barely <laughs> one threat. Let alone look. Just be. Just focus on that one threat and be really <laughs> fucking good at that one yeah, threat. Yeah, but it's so it's handy to have everything because obviously it opens up more work and like there's so many actor musician sure. jobs. But yeah, no, I did enjoy it. I did. I did enjoy it. Um, but in terms of getting a lot out as an actor, um, yeah, I'm just sure I've learned more since. And when did you graduate? 2005. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. And I didn't get an agent straight away. No, no, no. Like, how did you like, feel that? Because well, there was obviously other people in your year after graduation who were getting agents. Mm, yeah. What um, did that make you feel like? Well, you. I'm still like trying to get myself out of the. Have to remind yourself that it's because you you're comparing yourself to your peers and you're seeing what they're doing, and that's some, a, a time like that. You're seeing what everyone's. Well, what's where's everyone else going? What you're doing? Okay. So it was. It can feel a bit dog eat dog. Yeah, it? totally. Yeah. And oh, it was just. It was a. Oof. That was not fun. I don't think I chose, or maybe, I don't know, advice is because it's up to me at the end of the day. They couldn't force me to do something I didn't want to do. I don't think I chose particularly well for the showcase. Um, what Knowing what I am really now and what I get cast as more now, I think I sold myself down the river. I was like, I, th- I gave myself, but portrayed also, myself as something that I, yeah. It, it's funny though, isn't it? Because <clears throat> during... <clears throat> Those three years, if you're at drama school, you're constantly being different. pushed into different directions. Yeah, you go, wait a minute, I auditioned here with this thing within me that I know I'm, I'm, I'm half good at. Yeah, and you saw that. So, let should we That's grow with so that? So true. You so it is a confusing time, and you do, and you're stripped uh, back. Yeah, and, and, and asked to like, and I get that because they want to take away habits and make you more neutral, so you can attack any role, no different, play different people. But you do need to know your strengths. Yeah, yeah, and I don't, you know. So I think that's that's really useful to keep in mind. Anyone going to drama school, yeah, you're, yeah, or, your core, or, or not going to drama school, you know, know your strengths. Yeah, either way, you're right. Just who you are, your who you are is your. Well, I mean, sound wanky. Your no. USP. Your yeah, because no one is the same as you. No one, obviously. So you're and always it- going to do something. And it will seem it at times. You go, oh, well, would I see the same people in that audition room? Or, oh, so-and-so got that part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, essentially, yeah, you are. There's no one that's going to say that line like you do, whatever. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I'm not sure I chose completely what was me or what was maybe. Uh, and do you feel that but, hindered not getting an agent? Possibly. Maybe I was crap that day. I don't even know. Um but I got one like a month or two. Someone had seen it and got in contact. Um, but it was, yeah, and they were very supportive. But 
yeah, wasn't an agency that could literally come and propel me to maybe so do what you wanted to do yeah straight away so and so how long were you there for that agency you don't have to say who they were it's fine no i was there like two years um and i went to another one after that and it was kind of the same there was like a tiny step up but not not much of and had you got your first job at this point i i was yeah i got first job like um after I got this agent, like so literally two months after I left, I got a Kellogg's Crunchy Nut Cornflakes advert. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think I remember like, it. Are you doing? Are you kidding me? I do. I think I what? remember it. It was like I was selling, they were, they, were, I was, they were selling golden minis, giving away golden minis with the Crunchy Nut. I was, yeah, in the back eating a spoonful of cornflakes, giving a wink to the camera. I was queuing around the block with loads of models and I thought, I'm not going to get this. No way. Oh, so it was one of those, it was a big sort of cattle call. It was a cattle call thing. That's it. It wasn't even through my bloody agent. It was like someone I'd seen. You got up off your ass and did that yourself. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of bad to me. That's six. I've never been to any audition or advert audition since. Well, you queue up, but I visually remember queuing up around. Do they still do that? I don't know. I don't know for adverts. I don't think, I'm sure they don't. Not that I've heard of. Wow, and you but got it. I got it, and I was one of the last in, and the director was just like, you know, are you, you prepared to make a dick of yourself because none of these guys are. I was like, yeah, I'll just come out of drama school. I'll be I'm up for anything. So, yeah, I got me to do random shit that's got nothing to do with um, to fucking advert, the script, what you had to do, but I got it. I'm I sure he just got it. I hope it, it was all above board. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> nothing like that. It was just like, yeah, yeah, you know, you're being chased by the police, and then there's a cliff coming up, and you have to like, dive before the car goes off the cliff. And then you turn around and you're right. I don't know if he was just taking the piss, but he gave it to me, so I didn't mind. But like, um, I take it you've seen the sketch, uh, the fiery hall. Oh yeah, 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 it, yeah, yeah. Absolutely that. Yeah, but he gave it to me, so I wasn't so bothered. But, um, uh, but like, yeah, that, yeah, it was one of a handful of adverts I got. I don't think I got a very commercial. I've tried. I'm not very. Yeah, I convinced myself when I'm going into them, you know, give it your best. Give well, it. you've got a very... Because uh, we don't know each other at all. No. And no, I know your, your missus. And that's, of course, but that's we it. don't know each other. We've never met until today. And what I'm, when I first met you just before we started recording was uh, your energy. I think you're, you've got... You push out mass positivity. You're very, you're very happy. You're very smiling, very bubbly, <laughs> but you're not down people's throats. Right. And I think that's that's nice. That's quite addictive. Uh-huh. You kind of think, oh god, yeah, I would want to. I would want that person in, in my troop. Ah, uh, right. And that's you're very, you're very, very, I think you're very natural. Well, cheers, Craig. It's all very. Look, I'm going to get out of that door, man. It's going to be so big. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really mean. But thank you. Um, you are lovely yourself. <laughs> you both are Griff over there as well. Um, What's Simon both, Griff? Both been <laughs> very welcoming. Um, Housewives' favourite. Yeah. <laughs> Is he? All right. Um, the ladies love Griff. <laughs> I can see. I can see why. Yeah. Um, so how? Um, so you got the advert? Yeah. I. Uh, but no, no. I was doing fringe plays, um, the old Red Lion, uh, the Head and Chickens. Wow. I was writing out uh, to casting directors, like again trying to judge it. Like a month, I'd do a mass you know, ten by eights, spending all my bloody money on those bloody ten by eights, which thank God you don't have to do anymore. Like yeah. well, I don't have to do so many send outs at the moment, obviously, but uh, which is nice. But 
but people that do that is an email, which is much better because you have to spend so much money printing these bloody things out, envelopes, stamps. Yeah, it um, all, it all fuck, keep the receipts. So, That's what I will say to people. Oh yeah, <laughs> I didn't do that. Tax, yeah, Christ, oh god, tax. Um, so yeah, I was doing big sendouts, uh, but applying on sort of online casting websites i got the odd thing say the odd thing through my agent in a way you were go, you were regressing back to uh when you'd just been accepted into guild or writing all those letters yeah out. so you kind of never you know three jump jump three and a half four years you, you're kind of doing that again that's it pcr if you know that um you know yeah that? is that still going i don't know if it's still going i don't it used know to be like different colors paper didn't it yeah yeah and there's ways of sort of cheating if you sort of <laughs> A few of you signed up to it at the same time. I don't know. Timeless, I remember. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I didn't really. I found out a bit later on that a lot of the stuff they advertised was like it had already been cast, filmed, and done. So I'm like, oh, that film sounds good. And then it already been it already been done. So I um, just want to say we are not <laughs> saying that PCR is a, a load of mumbo jumbo. Not at all. Just, just for uh, any lawyers getting in contact. Absolutely. It's just a personal that. opinion from Thomas Cope. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Uh, but like, so yeah, there's that, the free like, casting call pro and whatnot. Applying, I don't know if you've heard of that. Like, there's, there's many. Like, which I'd still, still advocate free ones, ones that aren't free. For you to, I was building up short films like for a show reel, um, doing loads of stuff unpaid. Like, so you just shows. D- you didn't. It's great to hear that you never sat by the phone waiting for it to call. Nah, never. Partly because there was a part of me that I don't know if I would any. Even if I come out and I had like wow, straight into a lovely part, I think there'd still be a part of me like wants to connect and wants to kind of meet people in the industry and, 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 and what's, what's, what's next maybe. But I definitely a big part of it that it wasn't just handed to me that I knew I needed to graft graft. Yeah. yeah. I knew that just uh, my agent bless him. Lovely. And they, they both were the couple that I'd had over those six years or so after graduating, but I just knew, and they knew that I was writing to people, um, trying not to be a pain in the ass, but like, Casting directors, producers, if I'd see something, you know, I'd hear on that. And then in the fringe plays, inviting them down. I did loads. Yeah, it's well out of pocket. Like traveling up from London <laughs> to do these fringe plays on the train. Um, yeah. Um, Just constantly trying to be creative. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, I didn't have any telly auditions or anything. Like, I was, there's a guy at the Actors Center bursary. I was kind of asked to mentor um, last year. Which is lovely, um, and he uh, he had two screen jobs straight out of drama school, and then he had a three or four month break, and he's like, "I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm driving myself nuts." I say, "Look, it took me bloody ages. You're doing great. It's all right. It's all right." You know, I think it's all comparative, if that's the right word. No, it's all it's relative. All relative, yeah. So in my, I was obviously seeing a lot of my peers get work straight away, bigger work, a lot not, a lot dropped out. As a guy who I thought was the best actor in our year. Not just me for that. I thought he's brilliant. Three months out, he was like, I don't, I don't like this waiting around for, for acting, and I don't like this kind of um, predictability. So got a job, nine to five, really well paid. Bang, gone on that. And I was like, I, I don't want to do that. I start, yeah. I still know I want to do this. I mean, if people are fulfilled by doing that, then they should probably do that. Yeah, he found out. I thought he's three years at drama school, but he just come out and was like, he knew then. After he's fantastic. 
but it's happened. And I'd say there's less than a quarter of my year still in it, still in the game. And I'm sure that'll drop uh, as the years go by. Yeah, I by think. the nature of the beast. And, yeah, I mean, different circumstances, obviously family and all sorts of things come into it. But I've, Priorities change. They do. Yeah. I haven't got kids and like I've still been able to, yeah, my parents have helped me out so much and I've been lucky, you know, for them to put me up when I've needed to be and, and try and chip in. And um, Do you ever but, um, uh, get disillusioned with the business and where you are and where it's going and how it's treating you? Um, yeah, there was definitely times. Well, well, still, but not... I mean, in this period of... As I say, I didn't get my... I graduated in 2005. I didn't get my first TV audition until 2012. Um it's a fair old while. Yeah. So I've wanted to do it. I like some of my favourite actors. And like, you ch- sorry to interrupt. Had you changed agents prior to this when you first got your first No. Telly? No. No. I was still with like, I think my second agent. Um, and yeah, I was, uh, um, sorry, what was I saying? <laughs> I got, got completely <laughs> You're like your first telly, uh, yeah. audition, I think. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, yeah, disillusioned. Uh, yeah, so like I was getting a bit like, oh Christ, what have we got to do here? Um, but I still loved it, and every fringe show I still loved, and I was still like, there is still really no backup plan for me. I, there is nothing else, so I've got to do it. So you never thought, um, even in the darkest times, you never thought, yeah, maybe I should. Uh, no, not, no, I kind of had this weird faith in me, and maybe it was like instilled by my parents or whatever, and sort of plays I'd, I'd been in and whatnot that got reasonable feedback in the stage, like a little fringe play. I thought, you know, I'll keep plugging away. Um, so whether that was foolhardy or whatnot, I carried on. Um, but no, and I, I was definitely like, why is people coming out and doing that? Why, why am I not getting seen for that? And then why am I not getting... And yeah, it is. It's, it's tough. But I carried on um, and... And I still enjoyed what I was doing. I was never a point where I was doing these fringe plays where I was like, ah, this is, ah. There's the old one where I wasn't so happy about, but on, on the whole, I loved it. There and always is. There, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was, on the whole, I loved it. And, and some of the relationships I've made with them, with writers and directors, that I've still got now through those fringe plays. Like yeah. Jessica Swale is a lovely lady. She's a writer. She's doing writing Hollywood films and what now and Anna Jordan she won the Bruntwood eventually they're people I met on the fringe so even though as I say disillusioned yes maybe that I wasn't getting other opportunities and things I wanted to do in in maybe theatres like bigger theatres and and any screen jobs at all um still met some lovely lovely people and um, and you formed great relationships and formed great relationships yeah and yeah, and and going that route, I'm sure those are things that have stood me in good stead. The the people I've we've sort of come up in the same way that have had to kind of haven't got a big job straight away out of drama school, and as we've all sort of worked our way up together, it's been nice in a way, um, and seeing everyone's progression. Yeah. Um, well, man, look, you're certainly progressing now, and I'm really happy things are going well. Thanks, man. Uh, <laughs> and thanks for coming on the podcast. I'm Cheers. really thrilled. Nice Cheers. one, man. You Cheers take care. Miss Craig. <laughs> Another episode done. And it was a belter.
Thank you again, Thomas, for coming on, spending time and having a brew and a laugh. It was really, really good value. I hope you enjoyed it. Now, I'm sure you're subscribed. Maybe you've just joined us after Amanda Abington last week or you're flicking through the back catalogue, but you want to join us, it's dead easy. Just hit subscribe. You'll get the episodes coming through to wherever you get your podcasts each and every Thursday. If you've got time, maybe you want to rate us and review us, or you want to drop us an email. That's always lovely. We love hearing from you. Uh, We have set up a Patreon site as well, because you know that me and Griff just do this from our own pockets. People have been very, very generous, and you're the reason that this is keeping on going. Check it out. It's patreon.com forward slash two shot pod. Nice little video up there as well, explaining what we do, why we do it, and how you can help us. Uh, you want to follow us? We're on Twitter at two shot pod, Facebook the same, Instagram the same. Our email is two shot pod at gmail.com. Drop us a line. I will see you next week for episode 20. It's a good guest. I'm very excited about it. It's somebody... Can I give you a clue? It's somebody who you've been asking for for quite a while, and we've tried to make dates work. Uh, it, yeah, it was. I'm smiling thinking about it. It was a great episode. So we'll see you next week, episode 20 of the Two Shot Podcast. I've been Craig Parkinson. He's been producer Griff. Thank you so much. I'll see you later. Have a good week. Stay positive and stay creative. The Two Shot Podcast is presented by me, Craig Parkinson, recorded and produced by Thomas Griffin for Splicing Block. Our music, our brilliant music, is courtesy of Then Thickens. Cheers. Cheers.